Welcome to the Stoic Sage. In this podcast, we are dedicated to using past knowledge tested by time to empower people of today. This podcast series includes discussions around modern challenges utilizing wisdom from nearly 2,000 years ago with the goal of bringing about how to think rather than what to think. Welcome to the journey to sagehood. The first rule is to keep an untroubled spirit. The second is to look things in the face and know them for what they are. Marcus Aurelius. Hello, my fellow Stoics. So I have said this in the past and I'll say it again. Don't hold ancient Stoics or modern Stoics to such a high standard. Don't put them on a very high pedestal. This is not to be confused with not trusting their word or what they have to say as far as spreading their wisdom. But what I mean is, don't see them as perfect people who, because of stoicism, always held their own or always were in control of their emotions or always acted uh, within the four virtues. This is simply not true. If we look at other cultures, for example, because everybody was flawed, right? Jesus, uh, for example, he beat many people, <laughs> um, especially those in, in politics uh, where, who were taxing you know, or, or collecting money over at the church. Uh, he whipped people. That, that's written. He hung out with prostitutes. Not that that's a bad thing, but at that time, it was very frowned upon. And some speculate that he had two wives. That's hidden. It's a, apparently a chapter in one of the historical texts that the Vatican holds. Doesn't allow to be spread in the uh, modern Bible. Gandhi was known to be incredibly racist. Mother Teresa actually killed hundreds of people. Obviously, context matters when I make these statements like that. But my point is... Nobody should be seen as perfect. They are all flawed. We are all flawed. That's what makes us human, that we will continue to flaw, uh, to be uh, flawed. And we will always continue to learn. And for as long as we continue to live, we will always continue to learn. Learn how to live. Now, a big reason why I bring this topic up is because just recently, a TikTok that I posted <laughs> kind of blew up. Which, by the way, if you haven't followed me on TikTok yet, definitely go ahead and give me a follow. It, right now, this video in particular has 800 and I believe 80,000 uh, views. Um, so it's pretty surprising to me. <laughs> Based on my metrics, it's, uh, it's pretty high up there. <laughs> Basically, I created a, a reaction video to an article that I read about Marcus Aurelius. And this article was written by Medium. And basically, before I get into it, let me clarify something here. There's a term in here called soothsayers or something that's part of the story. And soothsayers were a thing back then. They were fortune tellers and they would advise many people, including Marcus Aurelius. They also advised many political opponents or many people in politics in general. Uh, people, general people would also 
seek out soothsayers for advice on their future. They're basically like fortune tellers, the people that read your palms and things like that. Now, that's hard to believe given that uh, uh, philosophy was such a big thing back then. But we have, to also, we have to remember the culture back then, or at least try to remember the culture back then. Because uh, modern horoscopes were largely created by the Greeks and Romans. So we can only imagine the kind of culture that surrounded that. Lastly, we have to remember that we only have about 1% of written history of the ancient past. So, it, so this uh, story that I'm about to say could very well just be a rumor that made it to the historical record. <laughs> I am in no way saying this is 100% true. It's just that, a written historical text that was uncovered. So, to get to the story, Marcus had a cheating wife, Faustina. And she actually cheated on him multiple times with uh, many gladiators, with many um, politicians. Um, she was... It's, it's written that she did do that. And he, Marcus Aurelius, sought out the soothsayers to get advice on this issue and, and how they can stop her from continuing to do that. And they told him to invite the gladiator into the bedroom with him. Now, not exact details. There's no exact details on whether or not he joined in on that session with this gladiator on his wife. But he ended up calling in his guards and apparently had the man killed right in front of them, blood spewed everywhere. Um, and after he was slain, Faustina and Marcus made love, covered in the gladiator's blood. <laughs> Gladiator blood back then was seen as an aphrodisiac, as well as sweat, right? And wouldn't you know it, Faustina continued to cheat on him. Now that's just what's written, right? That's just the story. That was the story... And that was the video that kind of took off and, and people just kept having something to say about it. A lot of people had something to say about it, saying that they, a couple of people were saying that they lost respect for him or that he was a simp <laughs> or even saying that that was such an alpha thing to do <laughs> or some say that Faustina should have gotten the sword. You know, it, there was just a lot of comments on it. There's, it, it a lot of people had their opinions on it. To all of this, I say, you can think whatever you want. You are welcome to have your own opinions on this uh, story. However, remember to separate the author from his word. Just because you heard this or you are hearing this right now doesn't mean Stoicism should be dismissed as a practical way of living life. That's just not the way it is. And... Before I get any further, I did want to add, tell you guys, have you heard about the exclusive content from the Stoic Sage podcast yet? In addition to the two episodes a week, so the next one is coming out tomorrow, I'll be releasing exclusive weekly episodes that discuss topics around morality, modern politics, and general controversy. As Stoics, it's important to expose and practice our virtue with even the most challenging of topics. And this exclusive content will be available to those who sign up via the link in the bio. All episodes will be ad-free and unfiltered as much as the ancient Stoics were with their opinions. And by signing up, you are tremendously supporting the show. So thank you very much. So 
what came with this post that blew up on TikTok was this expectation of how Stoics should uh, respond or be. That's the main theme that I kind of saw with a lot of people, aside from debating about how culture was back then <laughs> or trying to debate how history should be seen or, you know. Now, there's a lot of conversations about it. I couldn't keep up with all of it, to be quite honest, but it was interesting to see a lot of them. And the ones that I did see, it really revolved around that, these expectations of how Stoics should be or how should they respond. And just because we claim to be Stoics doesn't mean we cannot lose our cool at, at times or, or it, it doesn't mean that we should take all the crap that people hand us with no emotional response. It does not mean that we are absolved of any flaws or sin or capable of making flaws for ourselves or sins based on our actions. We are human. And so was Marcus Aurelius and all of the Stoics. I had an argument with somebody actually on, one, uh, on that as well, with um, some people actually about this post. And at some point I got frustrated because th their logic was just all over the place. And and, you know, I was trying to keep up and, and trying to understand what they were saying or, you know, questioning their logic. And their response when I got frustrated was, you are not in control of your emotions for a self-proclaimed Stoic, you know. <laughs> My fellow Stoics, the ancient Stoics said this before, and we will continue to say it now. It is within the excess where we find suffering, where we create our own suffering, which is to say, it's okay to be frustrated and angry, but it's not okay. Like an example of this particular example where I got frustrated, it's okay for me to respond in a frustrated way to say, dude, you're being annoying or, hey, you know, you're wrong or like that's, you know, I, I, I can kind of just be disappointed in whatever he has to say. But, and that's a very, you know, mediated way of seeing things. Uh, and, and responding to him. But a way of doing it in excess would be, it's not okay for me to track and stalk this guy and have him doxxed. That is allowing my emotional response to take hold of me. That is allowing it to control me. There's That's the key difference. It's okay to express frustration. That's totally fine. It's okay to be you know, to express happiness to loved ones, ecstatic, you know, uh, emotional responses. It's okay. It is within excess that we find and create our suffering. That's the biggest thing that many people I saw on this post don't understand about stoicism. And it's difficult to stand up for oneself without having a bit of ego to protect, right? But it's when ego gets in the way of our judgment that we find and create suffering for ourselves. And I think that that's the key takeaway here. I'm especially with how people were responding to this particular video that I created. Now, did Marcus let his ego get in the way? I mean, you tell me a gladiator was unalived because of him. <laughs> but does this mean that all that he is now and all that he wrote is now wrong or now invalid? Of course not. 
No, all that he wrote is still practical. All that he wrote was still amazing and it helps thousands, if not helped millions of people throughout throughout the human history of, of after he passed. You know, it's it's but again, this doesn't absolve him uh, of what he did. You know, whether or not it was true or not, if he did do it, it doesn't absolve him, you know, of of taking that action. Well, you know, he was he's a stoic, so I'm going to hold him on a high pedestal and I absolve him of any wrongdoing that he did. I mean, come on, he was a Roman emperor that helped expand Rome. You know how many people he had killed and to expand Rome the way that he did? I mean, there's another story about him where um, he had thousands of, uh, or maybe hundreds, but a good number of Christians burned at the stake. I mean, that's pretty horrific too. Now, historians also say they cannot confirm whether he was there and ordered that or whether he was away and it was ordered by the people in, uh, that, in power at that time in that area. They can't confirm that. But whether or not he was, it's still horrible, right? And again, it was it's all for a different time as well. What Marcus had to go through is different than what we're going through today. Um, but hey, it is what it is. History is shrouded in mystery, right? We, we cannot confirm whether or not this is true or not. But again, remember to, to um, separate the author from their word. It's okay to see the flaws in the people that you admire. There's nothing wrong with that. But you should accept that. You should accept that they are human. Accept that they will make flaws and are full of sin. Nobody is absolved of their sin. Nobody is has a clean slate because of what they do or what they follow. You know? That's just the way it is. That's that's how we have to go through life. We have to understand that even I will make mistakes. If anything, reading this story um, is actually quite humanizing. It's very, very humanizing. You know, he wasn't a perfect man. He wasn't a perfect emperor. He was a great one, and he strived for excellence. It's written in his meditations. He strove for excellence, and that is to be admired. Did he lose his cool? Of course. Is it okay? Well, no. But we can kind of theorize that he learned from it. <laughs> he learned from it, and he got better. And that's, that is a humanizing thing to read and to think about. Because if you hold him on, a, on such a high pedestal, you see him as though it's something that you yourself cannot achieve. Which you shouldn't hold Marcus Aurelius to a pedestal. You should um, hold an idea to that, to that standard. That's the purpose of my podcast, Stoic Sage. Nobody truly is a Stoic Sage. But it's a path for you to strive for. It's an idea for you to continue to be better each and each day, day in and day out, to become, to strive for that title of sagehood. That's the purpose of this uh, of my podcast. And that's 
That's the kind of thing that we should be striving for. That idea should be on your pedestal. Whereas Marcus Aurelius and many of these other Stoics, ancient Stoics, even modern day Stoics, you should just admire them for who they are and what they are. All of their flaws, all of their shortcomings, all the things that make them human because it makes you feel like a comrade amongst them. We are all and have been trying to reach sagehood, right? That's the goal. That is the meaning or at least my purpose, yours may be a little different, but <laughs> to be in complete control of your emotions, not not letting them control you. And will you slip up? Yes, you will. Will I slip up? Of course. But it's learning from those moments where you do slip and choosing to be better the next time. Now, again, reading... Hearing about this story, I do encourage you guys to go look at this article. It's a very short one. It's it's not very detailed. Uh, and I would like to look at more of their sources maybe. And, you know, make your own judgments. But at the end of the day, after hearing this story, I hope that you can see Marcus Aurelius, shoot, as a comrade of, of, of Stoicism, right? Because he was a follower of, uh, of Stoicism as well philosophy, seeking wisdom, choosing to be better each day, just as he did. If anything, he is amongst us, but he is not above us. That's the biggest thing. That's the key difference. And I don't want anybody to lose respect for him or anything like that. If anything, you should have more respect for him because at the end of the day, well, he's not perfect. He's just like me, full of flaws. And that's okay. But make your own judgment. It's a very funny story, in my opinion. It's it's interesting. It really didn't deter me. I liked reading about this. It's just like, oh, man. That was basically my reaction. I was like, oh, man, there's no way Marcus did that. All right, that's pretty hilarious. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting story. It, it kind of, if anything... I like this story a lot because it gave us a peek behind the curtain of what the culture was like back then. I mean, first of all, Marcus Aurelius, a philosopher, went to a soothsayer, a fortune teller. I think that's the most interesting thing about this whole story. You know, as Stoics, we pride ourselves in doing things logically, right? And... Logically, today, we would assume that fortune-telling or, or horoscopes are a bit of an indifference, right? Because we can neither confirm nor deny them, entirely at least, you know, <laughs> depending on what your opinion is about them. But we can't tell the future. That's the biggest thing. The future is unknown. So, therefore, is it, it's an indifference. So why should we waste our efforts on trying to control it? Right. But it gives us a little bit of a peek of the culture back then. And I like that. That's that's the, the creative thing that I liked about this story. It gave us a little bit of an idea as to what the culture was like back then. Man, they went to go see soothsayers, huh? I mean, they went to go see soothsayers about war times as well. Should I invade this day or should I invade next week? You know, I I'm pretty sure they, they sought out advice just like that. Like I said, they're the ones that um, greatly impacted the development of um, horoscopes, 
that we that we know about today. They created the stories about around how they ended up as constellations. You know, so we can only imagine how much it was embedded in their culture. So, I mean, that's really interesting, right? It kind of leads me to believe, oh man, our ancient Stoics, the ones that we believe, but, you know, still sought out fortune tellers and also may have looked to the stars for advice. Maybe they had more wisdom than, or maybe they sought out wisdom in different ways than maybe modern Stoics do. Because, like I said, a lot of, at least what I see, a lot of modern Stoics today kind of push that to the side, saying, it's not based on logic, science, or fact. Therefore, I, I will never listen to this. But in my previous podcast around horoscopes, we can gain wisdom from everywhere. You just have to know how to look for it. You can find wisdom in watching movies, even fictional movies. Many, many wise words have been said in movies. A lot of people quote Godfather for a lot of what they say. That's wisdom. And that's okay to grasp the wisdom from that. There's fictional books that are written that have um, phenomenal stories behind them that, that pick at the deeper parts of, of the human psyche or, or the human culture. That's wisdom. God of War is in my opinion, one of the greatest games that um, provide people with wisdom. Kratos has many words of wisdom uh, for his son. Wisdom is everywhere, even in horoscopes. That's what that podcast was about. So I encourage you guys to check that one out if you would love to. But again, with Marcus Aurelius in this story, I hope you guys enjoyed that story, first of all. Take it for what it is. It very well could just be a rumor. But if it's true, remember to separate the author from the word. And if anything, it just humanizes the, one of the great Stoic emperors. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help out the show. If you would like to check out Stoic Sage merch or read about the blog, please go to stoicsage.co. Also, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, don't forget to become a member for our new exclusive Stoic Sage episodes. You can sign up using the link in the bio. I wish you well, fellow Stoics, on your path to sagehood.